You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week, we are continuing with our Faithpreneur Diaries. And I'm so excited to have with me in the guest chair, the founder of the Christian Creative Network UK, Miss Josie Gamble. Josie has a first-class honors degree in industrial product design and has lectured for seven years at the University of Wolverhampton in the United Kingdom. She is is a product and interior designer and has run her own creative business, Gamble Design, since 2006. Josie has also been involved in church leadership since 1998, when she relocated from Bath to be a part of a pioneering new church congregation in Wolverhampton. She has led various teams and ministries over the past 20 years, but feels championing that creativity in the body of Christ is what she is called to do and is focusing her efforts on building the Christian Creative Network and serving the creative community. Listen, I have really, really enjoyed this interview with Josie. She has given us such amazing advice Her journey just speaks to how God moves in our lives in different areas. And when we are ready to pivot, when we are ready to switch, when he's ready to move us to the next thing in our life, he will do so, so beautifully. So I want you to listen to this episode with Josie. Grab your pen and paper to write down all the great bits of advice that she has. And if you are a Christian creative, listen even closer. This episode is for you specifically. So let's welcome Josie to the show. Today I have with me Mrs. Josie Gamble, and you already heard her phenomenal bio, but first let's welcome Josie to the podcast. Josie, welcome to the podcast. It's so nice to have you. Oh, thank you, Shante, for having me. It's lovely to be here. That is great. I can't wait to get into this interview with you. But before we get started, I've read and they've heard your amazing bio, but I want to know from you a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Let us know. So um, I'm glad you can't see this because my fun fact is that my nose um, whilst it looks perfectly normal, if you were to push it, it just goes completely flat on my face, um, much to the delight of my children when <laughs> I show them. Um, and actually, I think it's hereditary because um, my mother has it and one of my children have it as well. So it's just very random. <laughs> <laughs> I love that fact. That is completely completely a fun and unique fact so that's really great i'd be surprised if somebody else had said that as their fun fact (laughs) no you are right you are the first person with that fun fact (laughs) (laughs) hopefully the last (laughs) 
Okay, Josie. So we have heard that you are trained in industrial product design, but you, what you practice in is graphic and web design. Tell us about your journey to practicing graphic and web design. I've always loved creativity. I've always been good at it. It was my favorite kind of subject at school. Um, so all through my education, I, I just thrived on any arts and design subjects that were available. Um, I, I did a year at Art Foundation course, which is where you get to experience all sorts of different creative expressions that um, are a little bit more restricted when you're just in school. Um, and then from college, um, I actually went to Bible college for a year before I went to university. But at university, I studied industrial product design, which also had another name, uh, woods, metals and plastics. So it's basically um, I can be in the workshop. So we'd have a wood workshop, a metal workshop and a plastics workshop. And then we also have the, the computers where we model things three dimensionally on the computer. So we would be designing products. Um, and it was kind of like inventing an art shoved together. So you're designing these wonderful creations. Um, and then I actually, when I when I graduated, I, I got a first. I just loved my degree. You couldn't get me out of the university building. Um, I then went on to lecture in, in industrial product design um, and interior design. So I lectured for seven years um, in the university here in Wolverhampton. Um, and then I'd always said when I started a family, I, I wanted to work from home. Um, and my job came to an end in the lecturing. Um, actually, as I was pregnant with my first child, I hadn't told anyone. Um, and being a, a woman of faith, I frantically went out thinking, I need to get a job and so I get maternity leave. <laughs> um, by the time I was having all my interviews, I was, you know, you could tell I was pregnant. And whilst they can't discriminate, they, they can definitely not employ an imminently pregnant lady right. so but I'd always kind of done design work on the side um for years and I did it for my church and many other churches um and and when people heard that I was looking for work work just kept flooding in and I kind of thought well I've always said that when I started a family I wanted to work from home so I took the plunge and went self-employed um uh had a small uh, loan um, bought all the kit so I, I, I got a really high spec laptop printer and monitor and that's all I needed and I started my business that was 13 years ago I started doing graphic design um, many of the skills you learn in design are, are transferable so uh, although I studied product design it, it's still design so I started that and then a few years in I diversified into web design as well um, and and then my kind of business has grown from there really wow that's an amazing amazing journey i just want to go back for a bit you said before you started uni you did one year of bible college why did you feel like you wanted to go to bible college what was the pull to go to bible college let let us know oh, do you know that's a great question um nobody's really asked me that or if they have it's been years <laughs> so uh, I've been in Wolverhampton now 22 years so that this was 23 years ago um one really big pull I think was my elder brother so he's um 
He's a year and a half older than me. Um, and he'd gone to this Bible college. And I was so inspired in the um, the passion uh, that he would talk about what he was learning and what he was doing and the, these amazing, amazing men and women of God that he was shadowing and following around. And, and, and that was definitely a really big inspiration for me. I thought, I want that. Um, and... Uh, and I think another one was um, we used to go on these big kind of the, the network of churches I was in. We, we'd go on these big kind of family Bible week camps where we'd go and camp out in fields and then go to these huge barns and have these massive meetings. And I remember them talking about um, this Bible college. And I genuinely don't even know how I ended up, but I would ended up walking to the front in a, in a response call I didn't even know what it was for I just knew I had to go and and it was actually for people who were interested in going to Bible college I was like oh and um and so those I think were the two kind of factors and I just I just wanted to grow in my love and my knowledge of the Bible um and it it was just the perfect place to go and do that I I went with loads of questions I came back with even more (laughs) because (laughs) you you can't know everything or learn everything it just I think it just lit a flame under some embers that just it kind of ignites it and you just kind of get this hunger for the word of God um so I I did that I deferred my entry to university and I, I went to bible college for a year wow that is awesome and you know what it's all a part of your journey because you were saying when you were telling us how you you went to school and you you did your uni degree but what you learned in uni was transferable to what you do now and of course yeah. what you learned in bible college of course would be transferable to what you're doing now so it was like you were going along the path of your purpose did you feel like you were in step with your purpose how were you feeling at that time oh i'm so glad you asked that question because and and this i do tell people a lot because um it was just god's hand on everything so i i deferred my entry to university of wolverhampton i put it off for a year knowing that i was going to bible college but halfway through the year I had this kind of sense that I was still excited about the course I was going to do at uni, but there were no churches in Wolverhampton that I was familiar with. Um, and I kind of thought, do you know what, I'm not going to go. And I actually decided that I wasn't going to go to Wolverhampton University, and I started looking at other university prospectuses. And that week, um, this guy called Tony Wastor came to teach at the Bible College Um and before he taught on his subject, he says, he's just said, I want to share what I'm going to be doing. And he started talking about how he was going to Wolverhampton to start a brand new church. I don't know what he said after that, because everything inside of me went off. And I was like, that's why I'm going to Wolverhampton. And so I very much felt called to Wolverhampton. I went as a student. But I also I went because I I went to be a part of this brand new church that was starting. So in September 98, there were seven adults and 10 children. And that was the church that was three couples and myself and their uh, their 10 children. Um, And that was 23 years ago. So God's hand and his timing was just on everything. Um, And I've been part of that church 
kind of growing now for the last 22 years and it's it's been a roller coaster ride but I I very much would always say that I was called to Wolverhampton um, and even now what I'm doing with new ventures um, it's I really feel I've, I'm at the point where I've always wanted to kind of feel like I was born for something um, and there's many times when I look back over my career and I'm doing because uh, um, whilst I was lecturing at the university I was also working for my church there were only two members of staff the senior pastor and myself so I was kind of the, the youth pastor the student pastor I did all the internal graphics and comms and I, I did that two days a week while I was lecturing three days a week at the university and I, I did both those roles for seven years and and on paper they are completely the opposite um, in terms of uh, pay scale um, and kind of what what I was doing but I knew I was doing the right thing and I knew I was, it was right to work in the church and it was right to be doing this lecturing. Um, but I, if I come to where I am now, it feels like all the bitty things I did are culminating now at this point in my life. And I think that's why I did those things. That's why I did that. That, And it kind of, I'm now drawing on all those skill sets that I've spent years just doing what I loved and feeling that was what God said to do. And it's only now in hindsight, I look back and think, oh, that's what God was doing. <laughs> so I, I would definitely say, yes, I feel God's destiny and hand upon my life. Um, so, yes, I hope that made sense. <laughs> oh, it completely made sense. And it is watching how god's plan for your life come together or even watching it on other in other people's lives is so amazing to me like the i just think how intricate god is how phenomenal he's come up with a plan where it seems like we are doing things that don't even line up sometimes and but however they all work together they all culminate they all come together for the greater purpose that he has on your life so that is amazing and i love the fact that you said that you know you wanted to go to uni in a specific in wolverhampton and you were thinking about not going because there wasn't a church and i remember when i went to uni in bristol and i was so used to my small island life going to my church that when i went to uni i was thinking where am i going to find a church where I feel comfortable because as I was telling you, I'm from the island of Bermuda and Bermuda is a very small island. We are 60,000 people. Mm. Um, you can drive from one end of the island to the, uh, to the, uh, to the other <laughs> in about an hour. So oh my word. Yeah. if you can imagine, yeah, we're not wide, we're not long. So everybody really knows everybody and especially around the churches. So for, I remember really wanting to find a church that just would suit, what I needed. And yeah. I was so thankful that I met some friends, maybe, uh, maybe freshers week. And they said, you know, we're going to go try and find churches. And I said, Oh yes, this is great. I need this. And the first church we went to was exactly what I needed. And I remember they all ended up going to different churches, but I was so happy that God stopped my search on number one. So no I went around Wait. Which church did you go to? Because I grew up in the next city along in Bath. So um, I would often go to Bristol shopping and, and I had friends in Bristol. In fact, my husband did his, um, 
he did his masters in Bristol, um, but he did his degree in Cardiff. So um, he he has he has friends in Bristol. <laughs> Now, now, Josie, you are testing my memory now because this was about at least five, six years ago. And I, I can't, it'll come back to me. I think it was <laughs> Manitou City Center, but I'm not too sure. No, that's not it. That's not it. It will definitely come back to me because I still get the church emails, but it's not on the top of my head right now. But it was, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But I know I really, really enjoyed it. Ah, there it is. Elam, Bristol. That's what it oh, was. Elam. Elam, yes. Elam. Yes. <laughs> I knew it would come back to me. So when my parents and my uh, uh, friends would come to visit, they'd always come to church with me. And my God, my pastor happened to be my godmother. And she came from my uh, university, my bachelor's degree. Uh, graduation and I took her to church and she got to meet my pastor so my Elam pastor got to meet my Bermuda pastor and it was really just an interesting fun time but I, I, I understand the importance of you know us as Christian women doing that transition from you know living with our parents going to you know secondary school and then going off to something like university but still having that base where we can anchor ourselves and find out and nurture our souls and our spirits so that yeah. that really rang out to me do you know god um i think very it must have been in my teens i remember just learning you know that the verse that the kingdom of god it's not a matter of eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy. Um, and I don't remember when, but I, I know I've always had that sense of when we make important decisions, um, to actually make that decision based on the peace of God mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily on our own understanding. And I very much, I had a peace about Wolverhampton other than I talked myself out of it in terms of there not being a church I was familiar with, but I was still excited about the course um that i was going to do and i was going to study um and and many many times in in our i'm married now but in in our walk together as a couple we've we've done things that on paper look crazy but we just had a piece about it um and we've learned to really give a lot of weight and value to that piece because that's the way the holy spirit speaks to us um, and we we have to believe that he sees the beginning and the middle and the end where we we just we can't see beyond our nose half the time mm -hmm. so even on paper things might look crazy and people might say you're going to you're going to end up in financial ruin if you do that and we go but maybe but do you know what maybe not and we have a real piece about it so mm -hmm. i i've learned to make my decisions based on the peace of god and i'll, I'll often you know, mentor younger women and give them that advice because it's it's stood us so well. And um, we have we face a lot of decisions in life, and some are more momentous than others. But um, I can genuinely say that um, basing them on the peace of God is by far <laughs> the best advice I could give anyone. <laughs> that is such amazing advice, and I think you are probably the second person that I've talked to that 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 has really expanded upon making decisions 
um, in line with the peace of God. My boyfriend does this all the time. That's how he makes his decision. He waits for the peace of God and that's when he knows it's the right decision. But I think to, I think that point is not really expanded upon. And it's such great advice because as you were talking, I was speak, I was thinking about all the times I had to make decisions. And I did have an abundance of peace about my decision that even if it looked foolish to anybody else, I was kind of, as they say, hard-headed or bullheaded about it because I, I was... I, I knew it was right. And there was a piece within me that no one could come and change my mind. So that is such great advice to anybody who's listening. I hope they're grabbing on to that piece of advice. Make your decisions based on the peace of God. I absolutely love it. Another uh, favorite um, Bible story of mine that really has shaped my life is the story of Joseph um, particularly as well in my business life or my decisions so when I look back and I, I said you know I was lecturing at uni and I was working for my church and they kind of they they on again on paper they looked like they didn't really make a good match but I, I knew it was right I had a real piece about it but it was also the story of Joseph how you know as a child he had this dream that the the you know the stars and they were all bowing down to him and he was the moon and you know there's these dreams of grandeur um and importance and um power um and yet the next thing that happened is he's sold into slavery he is um betrayed by his family he's taken into slavery he gets some favor but then he's um, you know, part of his wife makes passes at him. He goes into prison. It's kind of, it goes down and down and down. And, and, and then he's left in prison. He interprets these dreams, but then he's forgotten. And, and even in all of that, he gained favor. But that is not the journey that many of us plan for our life. You know, if you had dreams of grandeur when you're younger, you kind of think, if you're going to be Joseph ended up being you know the second in command in the known world at that time mm -hmm. you'd think right I have to do this degree I have to mix with these people I have to go to do, do this I have to become you know in, in England you'd become an MP then you'd work your way up in politics you'd become prime minister you have to get voted in you, you know there's a kind of trajectory that you think you have to go through to yeah. get to these certain places and yet Joseph's journey was the complete opposite and yet God brought him to where he needed to be. When he was in prison at his lowest point, that was where he, he got to have an audience with the Pharaoh and interpret the dream and be put in charge and save the world because he was able to interpret the dreams, store um, food and feed the world. And, and you just, I take such comfort in that because there is no one route that gets you somewhere. Um, and God knows where he's taking you. And what that does is it frees you up to enjoy the journey. Go with the peace of God. Know that he is he's in control. And actually, like I said, all those decisions I made, I can look back and go, that's why I was doing that. And that's how I ended up here. Mm -hmm. So um, I hadn't planned to say that. Sorry. It was <laughs> just it, it just it really has impacted my life. There's so much freedom in realizing actually. God is in control and he will get you where he wants you to be. Um, we just remain faithful, trust in him, and um, he guides us and opens the doors for us. Yes, and 
I thank you for saying that. So just like the path of of success isn't linear, I think a lot of times in our mind, we think that something has to go a certain way to get the end result. But God knows about the end result and he knows what he's going to use to make sure that you get there. So yeah. just like this interview isn't going in a straight line, he's God still <laughs> Sorry. <getting> the <laughs> and the end result because you are definitely giving um, great, great, great advice that I know is going to make a difference in the ladies' lives who listen to this podcast. So I thank you on my behalf and on their behalf as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's helped me in business too because my business journey has not been linear, but it's been great fun. <laughs> I can, I, I completely understand. So we, we let me just ask you, so how did you, so you're in, you know, you said that you wanted to uh, work from home by the time you have children and then you started, you know, coming up with this web and graphic design business and the Lord is sending you business, but then what makes you, what comes into your mind to where you, you um, think about starting the Christian Creative Network? That is a great question. So um, I have three daughters. They are 12, 10, and 6. Um, and motherhood is such a wonderful thing, but it does come with kind of limitations in that your time is a bit more limited um, and your my, I felt my capacity was a bit limited as well. So whilst I, I was running my business the whole time I was pregnant, popping that baby, having another baby and then having another one. And God always provided work. Um, I'm not actually that amazing at doing my own marketing, but I never not had work. And and God even the 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 you know when I didn't have a huge capacity, maybe I'd just given birth and I've got this tiny weeny baby. Um and I whilst I always had work, it was not always a huge pressure work. So even God's provision of the the ebbs and flows of um the work coming in was just uh amazing if i I look back on it it, it's it's a miracle um but i think um for me um as my children started getting older they um they were all in school and whilst you don't necessarily have any more time as a parent i think time is always gone as a parent but i did start to feel like i had more capacity um and i felt like um probably about five years ago now when my my youngest was in full-time nursery I felt like I was poking my head out of this mum bubble that I didn't realize I was in until I started poking my head out and I was like there's a whole world out there and then I'd kind of go back into this bubble and and then I'd poke out again and go wow there's this big design world and then I'd go back in and and I just knew that I needed to start connecting and networking and um and God led me to this this business network um, here in Wolverhampton um, and it was called Networking Mummies and I was like that is about my level <laughs> because I don't see myself as I didn't see myself as this high-pressured businesswoman that would go to these business networking but I could get around other mums who ran businesses from home and feel that I could network and connect with them and so I was part of this network for about three and a half years and I was surprised how much I grew um, how I uh, I grew in friendship with these other women and how my business grew. 
Uh, now, this wasn't a Christian network in any any way, and it was all different um, businesses. Um, but I was just impressed with such a um, desire that, or a need that we needed something like this in the kingdom for Christian creatives, um, because it when you get along like alongside like-minded people. It's so encouraging and inspiring and re, uh, refreshing. Um, and what I found was that, um, what I felt, I perceived was that there were many creatives in the church that didn't feel that they had a kind of way of expressing their creativity through maybe Sunday morning church. And so often their creativity was kind of not as, it didn't feel as valued or it was, oh, that's nice, you can do that over there. Um, even if it was like your your industry, you know, you're in the creative industries. And so what I felt that there were a lot of isolated creatives. And so I created the Christian Creative Network. I essentially took this business networking model and I put it in the church. Um, and it's to network and connect local Christian creatives. So it's um, the, the, the vision is to champion creativity in the body of Christ. And we do that through a national network made up of local branches. So I run the branch here in Wolverhampton um, and we have a monthly meet um, face to face. Obviously not at the moment because of COVID-19, but um, and we also have an online closed Facebook group. So we get to do networking um, face to face and online. Um, and for me, that was really important. I, I'm in I'm in a lot of Facebook groups for design stuff. You know, there's thousands in or tens of thousands and they can be global and and they all have their place. And I've learned stuff, but I'm never going to meet these people who are in these other countries. I'm never going to see them face to face. So what I wanted to put build was something where you get to meet these people you are geographically linked um but what connects you is this creativity and this passion and this desire to just be creative and serve in serve with that in the kingdom so it was really important to have the online and the face-to-face um so to, to join the, the uh, local branch, you, you have to kind of be in the local area. Um, and so when we have the monthly meets, you get people rocking up with like someone rocks up with a box of driftwood because they know someone else in, in the branch would abs- that's to them. That's their gold. That's their treasure. They, they make sculptures out of, you know, beautiful um, what someone else might call junk. And to them, it's, you know, it's their treasure. And. Uh, you can give local advice and, and there's local opportunities and and each branch gets to gets the opportunity to run workshops to help um, the creatives grow in their creative pursuits so we might run workshops like how to use social media to promote your creativity or we'll do headshot photo shoots or uh, we'll do um, yeah a workshop on how to run your own creative workshops and so we're, we're trying to kind of or into the creatives um, and then we also run events so uh, it might look like an exhibition or an open mic night or a maker's market or whatever that branch would like to do with this more publicly facing that would help the creatives sell promote and showcase their work um, so I, I felt I needed to pilot this branch in Wolverhampton before I could ask anybody else to lead a branch so I, I piloted the branch in 2017 2018 we had two more branches and 2019 we launched four more branches 
um and then we were due to do some more training just as lockdown happened and we've kind of just paused a bit because we had to do everything online so all our monthly monthly meets have now gone on to zoom and um we're just kind of navigating supporting the creatives uh during this time as well um but we are about to launch so the whole vision was a three-pronged approach the national network of local branches the second prong was to produce um, a Christian creative directory. Um, and uh, I should be seeing the first draft of this next week. Um, so I received funding from some fabulous Christian businessmen who um, support Christian business entrepreneurs. Um, and we are producing an online directory for Christian creative services where the church can find services businesses can find these services and creatives can find each other so I'm a, I'm a designer I often work with videographers photographers copywriters but I, I uh, where do you go if you don't have your own sort of networks of people so the idea is that people can find actors dancers um, musicians all the creative services um, that people need them and so uh, and then the third prong is, uh, in a few years' time, we'd love to run Christian Creative Recognition Awards, um, where we um, recognise um, creatives, their influence in in communicating the gospel. Because I believe that the uh, creativity is the bridge that connects the gospel to the world. Um, I believe that the church used to be leading the way in creativity we look at um architecture stained glass sculpture fine art but i don't see that in today's society i don't see I, if, if you stop someone in the street and said mm. who do you look to for creativity i i don't think anyone would say the church mm. um but i uh and, and there are a few theological reasons where i think it, it it kind of got pushed to one side if you like but I truly believe that we are currently, as a church globally, in a renaissance of creativity. And all that means is a renewed interest in it. And I'm seeing it, and you can see it in lockdown. Um, I can see it, loads of creative ministries just springing up. And I, I really believe that um, we're at a poignant moment in time where this gap between the church and the world has, has kind of got so far that that it's the bridge is creative communication of the gospel um so it excites me no end if you could see me now you'd see i'm very animated about it <laughs> and so I, I i'd love to have um i'd love for ccn just to be a part of that if if in 20 years time we can say yes we were a part of the change of the creative culture in the church I would be happy. I mean, if we're still here in 20 years, I'd be over the moon. <laughs> I'm, I'm not planning to go anywhere, but equally, um, you know, I'm holding things lightly. But I, I truly believe that creatives need championing at the moment. And, um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do through CCN. I'm conscious that that was a huge, long answer to, to probably a very short question. <laughs> so I hope, I hope that makes sense. Yes, that makes sense. And you just really expanded upon your journey. And we can see how God has really grown 
CCN. When you started CCN, did you think in your mind that it would take off like this, where you would have branches, where you would be, you know, going and training people so that they can facilitate their own branches? In your mind, is this how big you saw CCN, or is this above what you even thought was possible? Well, I guess um, because I modeled it on a business networking model, I kind of thought, well, I know this can work. Um, Let's just try it. What if it goes somewhere? Um, And in my mind, I was like, we need this. Why has no one ever done this before? And I was kind of left with the answer, well, either... um, it's just not been thought of because this no one said yes to it or because people have tried and it absolutely bombed and so I, I'm just I'm doing something that's doomed to fail and I thought well do you know what I can spend my time worrying uh, either way I just have to trust God and I think that's that's kind of how I've held things just hold it lightly and trust God and and realize that if it goes well it's God's if it doesn't go well it's God's. It's and actually that's so freeing because it releases me not to um, be anxious about it or, or worry. Um, there was, I guess, there was a time when I, I would feel myself getting anxious, like, oh, what if we were inundated with, um, you know, responses and it, it grows super fast and I, I can't keep up. And but equally, at the same time, I was having those thoughts. I was thinking, well, what if this goes nowhere and nobody likes it and it's just like a dead duck in the water? And I've got these polar opposite thoughts. And I'm thinking, hold on. The problem here is I'm worrying. Um, actually, I just need to deal with that and give it to God. And, you know, the Bible says, cast your burdens onto Jesus. So I've just had to constantly do that. It's, it's not a one-time thing. It's right, oh, that's another worry. I'll just, I'll just put that onto God and trust that he... He has the perfect timing um, and he is the perfect orchestrator. Um, I'm also 42 and I think when I turned 40, I stopped caring what people think. (laughs) (laughs) That's always great. It does make a difference. I I look back on my 20s and um, I I look back and I think I felt I had to prove myself. Mm. And then I think in my 30s, I kind of find myself mostly because I had children and I probably came to the end of myself. <laughs> um, but but I think more importantly, I realized what I wasn't good at in my 30s. Um, because I think in my 20s, I think when you're younger, you think you, you're good at everything. Um, and now I'm in my 40s, I'm like, do you know what? I don't feel I have to prove myself. I know what I'm not good at, but I know what I am good at. And I'm just going to do this because I feel call to do this and I'm enjoying it and yes it scares me but if your dream doesn't scare you it's not big enough um if your dream doesn't scare you you can do it yourself you don't need God exactly Um, God so um yeah (laughs) (laughs) that is you said something phenomenal there you said if it goes well it's God if it doesn't go well it's still God and that gave you you know, the peace that you needed to go forward. Because a lot of the times, like you said, if your dream is small or easily achievable, then you're right. It is, where's the room for God? So God gives us these massive dreams so that 
we can show that we did this only by his grace, only with his help. So I want to ask, you mentioned that, you know, once you got to the age of 40, you stopped caring what other people thought. And I think that's absolutely phenomenal. But since you mentioned that, I want to know what advice would you give to your 25-year-old self now that you have all the knowledge that you do? Um, I would probably say your body looks amazing <laughs> because I look at my body now and I think, oh, I've had several children um, and I wasted time when I was younger wishing I had a better body and I think, oh, my word, that was amazing. So I guess in in context of that, I think as you you get older, you realize when you're younger, you worry about loads of stuff that really makes no difference is not worth the time to worry about um you know you go back even further i think there, there was girls at school i wanted to impress and i would kind of spend energy trying to impress them i haven't even spoken to them since i left school i've not wow. you know, even thought of them 40 you know 35 years later 30 years later and you think i would probably tell myself to worry less um pursue your dreams, do what makes you happy, um, and it's going to be okay um, because God has a way of just working things to to bless those who love him. Um, it doesn't mean life's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean uh, it, you don't have to put the work in. Um, I'd probably tell my 20-year-old self, everybody's faking it. <laughs> Um, I think when we're younger, we, we have that kind of imposter syndrome. You think, oh, because somebody's older, they know what they're doing. And then when you get older and you realize oh, nobody knows what you're doing, <laughs> we're all just kind of um, doing our best and um, making the best of things. And, um, you know, I, I talked to I was talking to this CEO the other day and he's doing these amazing things. And he was like, you know, Josie, it's all smoke and mirrors. Um, for all the good stuff you see, I could tell you, you know, a hundred bad things that are going on. Um, but that's just business. You just kind of work through it. Um, my husband's very high up in sort of education, senior management. And he would say, you know, he, he's all dressed up and suited and booted and sits in these boardroom meetings. And he's like, Josie, I sit down and go, how on earth did I get here? Um, and And everybody else sits around these boardroom meetings and they're like, I shouldn't be doing this. And and there's this kind of, if I knew that when I was younger, I wouldn't spend so much time thinking, oh, when I'm older, I'll do that. When I, you know, mm. I, I wouldn't be so impressed by people just because they're wearing a suit. I mean, I just work at home in jeans and a T-shirt and a hoodie um, but because I've got no one to, no one to see me. I, I'm, I'm self-employed and work from, work from my home office. So, yeah, don't, don't be, um, too impressed by other people's hype, I think. <laughs> Again, a very long answer. To be I, short. <laughs> I love that. Don't be impressed by other people's hype. That is, that is, that is good, good advice. And I know too many times we we worry about things and it's only until we get past a certain a certain age or a certain situation that we think to ourselves like what on earth was i worried about but you know 
That is so true. So Josie, thank you for sharing with us today. I really, really, really enjoyed our conversation and all the advice that you had to give. I want you to tell us where we can find you on social media and how people can get involved with Christian Creative Network. So give me all your, uh, your, your, give me your email address and your social media accounts and your website domains, et cetera. Oh, well, thank you, firstly, for having me. I've thoroughly enjoyed just chatting. I feel like um, we're sat on a sofa somewhere just um, having a nice girly chat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so we have a website, christiancreativenetwork.com. Uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Christian Creative Network UK, I think, or you could just do CCN UK. Um, and the local branch groups are for local uh, people. So if you are in the UK, you can go to our website and, and click on the, the branches page and, and find a branch near you. We don't cover the whole of the UK we would love to so we're still growing Uh, so we're if you're interested in finding out more about becoming a branch leader you can um, email us that info at christiancreativenetwork.com and we can send out a pack um, and it explains all of what's involved Um, and our branch leaders get added to a branch leaders group so we we all talk as leaders um, you know it's uh, we don't always get everything right, so we kind of share what works and what isn't working, and um, and we share all the great feedback and stories, um, and then we support one another. So we also have an Instagram, um, which is Christian Creative Network, I think. It's all Christian Creative Network. But if you go to the website, or if I've not given the right links now, all the, all the social links are on there. Um, we do have a Twitter, but I honestly don't really get Twitter. I'm much better on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so it's probably not worth following us on Twitter. <laughs> I bet not many people say don't follow us on it, but there we go. Um, so I would love to have um, CCN. I mean, the model, so the, the idea is the models, the structure of it, it just it's there if it helps people. Uh, and we're not about empire building, we're about kingdom building. Wow. Uh, I chat to so many people who are maybe interested all around the world, to be honest, uh, as well as the UK. In fact, um, in fact, tomorrow I'm speaking to somebody from Malawi. Earlier wow. on today, I was talking to someone from uh, Mississippi. Um, and uh, I just love talking about creativity and sowing seeds and um, if, if they become part of CCN, great. If not, even better. Um, so I'm very much about, you know, if you want to connect with creatives, just do it. Don't wait for permission. Don't wait for anything. And if CCN helps, um, great. Uh, we, we don't currently, um, we're not currently, I don't feel the peace. That's the answer. I don't feel the peace about launching in other countries at the moment. I feel we need to uh, walk before we can run. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to build a, a real firm foundation here in the UK, but I, uh, I'm not precious. It's not my model. It's not my thing. Um, if anybody wants to ask how we do it, I will talk and share because it's it's kingdom building. It's God's uh, church. So, so yes, there we go. 
thank you again so much, Josie. And of course, I will put all of the links which Josie has mentioned in the show notes. So be sure to follow her on social media. And if you're in the UK and if you are in the different areas where the Christian Creative Network is, be sure to connect with them. Be sure to grow. I'm so excited and I'm so excited that you've spent this time to really create a solid foundation. And I'm excited to see what God is going to do for you and the Christian Creative Network next. I know he has big things in store. So I can't wait to to, 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 to fo- keep on following you and find out just how you are growing. So thank you again for being on the podcast, Josie. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it.